You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. The words of the text that I want to put before you uh, this afternoon are so well known. Each one of us has known them from our youngest, I would say. And it's the words that are used as a call to worship. It's the words of the angel's song. There from Luke chapter 2 and verse 14. And the song goes like this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill to all men. Put it in the words of the authorized version, which is how I learned it as a child. And yet while those words are so well known, they seem unreal. They seem almost dreamlike. They seem divorced from reality. As you watch the news, if you can bear to watch the news at the present time, as you listen to what is going on in the world, what has happened, what is happening in the world over this past 2,000 years or so. Where's the evidence of peace on earth? We've almost forgotten these beautiful words in the midst of a society where hatred and naked bigotry are to the fore. To to listen to the angels just now, it, it is as though, you know, It's as though there were carol singers outside our home singing about peace on earth, and inside the home there's a raging row going on. As members of the family are at each other's throats. And some people are thinking this old song is just an illusion. It is... It's peaceful vision is a is a mirage. Its promise is a baseless dream. The music has no foundation in reality. And this is what many people are thinking and what some people are saying. And and therefore it, it might be well to listen to the angels again as the music comes to us down through the centuries over these past 2,000 years. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. Well then, where is the promised peace? Where is the goodwill among men? It seems to be an illusion. Well, is there any explanation for this apparent illusion? Has any vital factor been omitted which may account for the dismal failure for peace? The peace was promised. The goodwill was proclaimed. Is it possible that we, <clears throat> we may have overlooked something absolutely vital? Three things I want you to notice. The first is the unfinished song. The unfinished song. 
have we overlooked any part of this song which may be vital to the rest? Have we accepted one part but ignored another part of this song? Can you see the glaring omission here? Men are everywhere saying, where is the goodwill among men? Where's the peace on earth? Yes, but you need to go on with the questions. You've not finished the song. You've left out its initial and primary note. You must also ask, where is the glory to God in the highest? Where's that in the world today? Our attention is fixed on the third phrase of the angels, goodwill among men, or upon the second phrase, peace on earth. But what about the first phrase? Glory to God in the highest. That is, we have begun at the end and left out the beginning. We have been concerned about fruits, but we have been careless about roots. And that's the explanation of our disillusionment. We've been expecting people to be right with man before they're right with God. We have been looking for harvests when we have foolishly assumed that harvests would grow out of nothing. We have taken one part of the angel's song and we've thrown away the other part. Folks, peace is not an independent birth. Peace is not a detached creation unrelated to everything else. Peace is the fruit of certain relations. Peace is the fruit of certain relationships. And when those relationships are secured, then peace is assured. And you'll find this teaching everywhere in the Word of God. Listen to a few examples. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Remember, remember using that, that text at a funeral service of a, of a lady in my first congregation. And, and I visited her the night before she died. I visited her in hospital. And she was serene. She, she looked immaculate. She wasn't, she was... She was terminally ill from cancer, but she wasn't emaciated. She looked a picture of health. And, and I was shocked when I got a phone call the next morning to tell me that she died during the night. And, and I used that text, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. That, that lady was in perfect peace. She loved the Lord. The peace of God that passes all understanding was hers. Or righteousness and peace have kissed each other, it says elsewhere. Great peace have they who have your law. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. In every one of those references and thousands more, peace is declared, is declared whenever we are right with God. When the vertical relationship is right, then the horizontal relationship is right. 
And, and this, I would argue, is where politicians get it wrong. They, they say, let's make a peace agreement, and then peace will follow. Well, how's that worked out for the last 25 years here? We've had a peace agreement, but there's been no change of heart that I can detect. There's still the distrust. There's still the suspicion. There's still the fear, even hatred. You see, the song begins not with goodwill or peace, but with that which will produce goodwill and peace. Glory to God in the highest. If then peace is the result of certain relationships, then let's look at a vital relationship. That's the second thing. We've looked at an unfinished song Let's look at a vital relationship. What is the relationship which gives glory to God in the highest? Well, there are many ways in which we can be related to God. But only one of them is vital or a living relationship or a saving relationship. There, there are many people who simply tip their hat to God, you know, who are, who are in a nodding acquaintance with God who'll turn out to services like this, you know, at this time of the year or, or at, uh, at Easter or, or when there's a wedding or a baptism. They come to church. They, they try to live decent lives. They, they believe all about the gospel, all the facts of the gospel. But all these relationships to God are formal. They're, they're nominal. They're not vital. They don't give vital glory to God. There's no life about that relationship. How then can, can one come into a vital relationship with God? A, a relationship that will bring glory to God. How can a man or a woman get right with God with the rightness which will make him right with man? with his fellow man. How can we give such glory to God that the glory will create peace on earth and goodwill among men? Well, Jesus, whose birth we celebrate, tells us. In John chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And towards the end of that chapter, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. Not as the world gives peace. Let not your heart be troubled. To be in a right relationship with Christ is to be right with God. And what sort of relationship does Christ demand when he speaks to the souls of men? Well, Christ asks for the full surrender of your life and my life into his will and to the power of his grace. Let, let, me, let me put it stronger than that. Christ doesn't ask for that. Christ demands our full surrender. Let, let me be even more direct about that. Christ demands our 
unconditional surrender. Now, we live in a part of the world where people don't like to surrender. People like to, to say no surrender. But if we want to get into a right relationship with the living God, if we want to give glory to God, glory to God in the highest, then there's got to be unconditional surrender. Not surrender in your terms. You know, the Japanese, after the Americans dropped the atomic bombs on uh, two cities there in Japan, they wanted a negotiated surrender. But the Allies said no. It's got to be unconditional. The Japanese couldn't di dictate the terms of the surrender. Only the victors could. And it's the same with us. We cannot dictate, dictate the terms. We, it's got to be an unconditional surrender to the Lord. We've got to hand over our life, our every part of our being to the Lord. And, and say, Lord, look, I have made a mess of my life up to now. Please come and take charge of my life. I surrender everything to you. The unfinished song. A vital relationship. And the third thing is that it must begin with me. It is the surrender of the personal life to the personal Lord and Savior. I haven't a lot of confidence in mass salvation. You know, a whole group coming together. It happens. It happens occasionally. But usually it's one by one. One at a time. The organ builder can't cannot tune the organ all at once. Each individual note has to be rectified, and out of the rectified individuals, the organ builder gets his harmonious unity. If I can adopt a Christian phrase, except a note be born again, it cannot enter the kingdom of harmony. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. We begin with the individual man or woman in the formation of the kingdom. And it begins with God taking the initiative with that individual man or woman. And the reborn individual makes up, those reborn men and women make up the heavenly kingdom. And that is the first relation in the holy sequence. Man surrenders his life to the glory of God. And that's the first phrase in the angel's song, glory to God in the highest. The individual man or woman right with the highest, in a right relationship with the one who made them. And then will come peace on earth and goodwill among men. First glory, then peace. 
not the other way around. First glory, then peace. That is the Christian music. That is Christianity. First glory, then peace. Glory to God. What is man's chief end? What is your chief reason for existence on this planet? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Christianity says you cannot have peace on earth and goodwill among men. You cannot have it if men are disrupted from God, separated from God, living in alienation from his holy fellowship. You can't have peace among men in that circumstance. Has Christianity failed? People ask, therefore, as I look back over the last 2,000 years, well, we could ask, has Christianity been tried? You see, we've been trying to, to organize peace and goodwill as if it were a manufactured product. And we've failed pitiably. But suppose we try Christ. Suppose we begin where the angel's song began. By giving glory to God in the highest. Suppose we glorify God by the full surrender, unconditional surrender of our lives in body, soul, mind, and spirit to the control to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then watch the transformation. The late Jackson Buick was a dear friend of mine. <clears throat> uh, many of you maybe remember him. He's gone to glory uh, a few years ago. Jackson, first of all, worked in Belfast City Mission, and then was called by God into the ministry, and uh, was a great personal worker. He was what I would call a man's man. He could really connect with men, and uh, eventually he, he ended up as the chaplain in Crumlin Road Prison. And uh, I remember when I was in Kilkeela, I had him a few times. Uh, down to take a service, him and his wife, Daisy. And uh, as soon as lunch was, he would preach for me and then he'd come up to the manse for, for lunch. And as soon as lunch was over, he would say to me, right, Kirk, he never called me by my first name. Right, Kirk, dishes. Come on. And away he'd go. He said, I'll wash because I have no idea where your dishes go. That was the kind of man he was. He was a, he was a real worker. But he loved those men in the prison and told us about them. Hardened Republican prisoners who were violently involved in all the nonsense that was going on. Hardened loyalist terrorists who equally were involved on the other side. And by the grace of God, converted to Christ, sitting together, studying the word of God together, embracing one another as brothers in Christ. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Do you see the difference? When the vertical relationship is right, the horizontal relationship is right. 
And I've seen it in families where, where spouses have been, have been separated because of sin, because of selfishness, because of individual members of a marriage wanting to go their own way rather than, than look after one another. And they get converted to Christ. The vertical relationship is right and suddenly the horizontal relationship is mended, is healed. And, and those spouses are reunited. And their marriage is better than it has ever been before. I've seen it with, with parents and children. You see, you've been looking for grapes and we've not got the vine. Suppose we now reverse the order, get the vine and then the, get the grapes. That's my Christmas message. First the vine, then the grapes. First glory to God in the highest. Then peace on earth, goodwill among men. I wish every man and woman in our land and young person, boy or girl, would quit their strife and hear the angels sing their song. But we must listen to all the song, every part of the song. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray.